supporting WHYY Penn Medicine, helping to find new cures for cancer. With life-saving clinical trials and advanced surgical techniques, Penn Medicine is offering more hope for patients everywhere. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash cancer. Penn Medicine, what's next? There's a cold snap in place up north with forecasted highs around 15 degrees. Let's get the full forecast on this episode of Sky Talk with Derek Pitts, Chief Astronomer at the Franklin Institute. Derek, 15 during the day. How cold at night? Uh, well, it gets down to minus 139 degrees Fahrenheit. Wait a minute. How far north is this? Well, it's it's much further than you might expect it to be. We're actually talking about what the surface temperatures are in the northern hemisphere of Mars right now this week. Well, that 15 then doesn't sound too bad. Scarf and gloves, it's doable. Exactly. A vest, you know, a jacket, you'll be just fine. But we also have to realize that when we talk about 15 degrees on Mars, it's also a function of what the elevation is off of the surface of the planet. So 15, down around where the sensors are for the InSight lander that's sitting in Elysium Planitia on Mars... Uh, at that height, it's feeling 15 degrees, but if we step it up another six feet, well, the temperature will drop down to near zero and below zero fairly quickly because the atmosphere of Mars is so thin, there's hardly anything there to actually hold any heat. Obviously, no rain, no cloud cover. Is there much wind on Mars? There is considerable wind on Mars, although Mars is notorious for its dust storms. We've seen instances recently where dust storms have obscured our view of the surface of Mars for months at a time and have also led to the demise of a number of rovers on the surface because the dust, once it settles out of the atmosphere, can fall down onto the skyward-facing solar panels that generate electricity for those rovers and by blocking out or reducing the amount of solar gain, won't allow the batteries to charge up for activity on the surface. And if you're trying to consult your Google Day Planner or a calendar, how do you make sense of the Martian day, week, or month? The Martian day is actually just a little bit longer than the Earth day, by about 36 minutes and a few seconds. So when we start to look at how we parse out all these days and stuff, on Earth we think of months in terms of our moon. The time it takes our moon to orbit the Earth once is a little more than 28 days. If we were to try to do that for Mars, we'd have to think of a different word because the moons Phobos and Deimos orbit at much shorter periods than our moon does. So Phobos orbits Mars once every eight hours. So in a 24-hour period, that's three orbits of that moon. And then if we look at Deimos, well, Deimos orbits once every 30 hours. So it's a little more than a day. So now the month definition changes dramatically once we get to Mars. What a view to be able to see a moon whisking by three times a day. Yes, it would be miraculous to see something like that and to see two of them also. So obviously we're talking about a planet with a calendar much different than how we would set up ours. And we touched on last week how many stars are very different than our relatively stable one. How do we start to classify the different types? In fact, the many thousands of variable stars that have been observed have been cataloged. So now the different types that have been observed go from intrinsic variables, which are the type that have some sort of internal process that alters their variability, to extrinsic variables, which are those that have some exterior physical reason why they're light output as we see it changes. There are cataclysmic variable stars that are very explosive and eruptive, 
as well as pulsating variable stars and eclipsing variable stars. Our sun isn't subject to obvious external or cataclysmic variables, but what about our star means that it's not classified as a variable? Ours is a star that we might consider to be more normal. However, we can see that there is one period of variability that we can easily recognize, and that's the 11-year sunspot cycle. So we know that one very well. If we look at other stars, we find that the variability is really all over the place. And that variability can range anywhere from being just slightly different in its energy output to being hundreds of times greater in energy output. And the period of that variability can go from uh, around 30 seconds up to hundreds of years. I imagine the more all over the place it is, the less likely it sustains a planet with any form of life as we know it. Perhaps there is a place where, at the right distance from its star, under the right conditions, given the proper chemistry, some alternative form of life to what we know could possibly crop up. But we do have to throw all of those caveats in there, because if you look at a star that has a really high ultraviolet energy output or a gamma ray or X-ray energy output, maybe that's not possible. Derek, we're if not heat, we're certainly noticing a little more light each day. What's available to be seen, though, in the night sky this week? Well, in the night sky, we have Venus over on the western side of the sky. At 6 p.m., as the sky gets dark, you can watch it late into the evening because it stays up so long and it's so bright. That bright object you're seeing over on the western side after sunset, that's Venus. Now, if you switch around to the morning sky, the three planets there are Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. That's going in a line from southeast down to east. So if you're looking over to the eastern side in the morning at 6 a.m., first you'll recognize Jupiter. That's the brightest of the three. To the right of Jupiter is Mars. To the left of Jupiter is Saturn. In addition, on Monday, we'll see the first quarter moon of this phase and cycle of the moon as it's going around. And we also have to keep in mind that we're gaining two and a half minutes of sunlight now every day. Sunrise at this time for us is at 6.32 a.m. Sunset is at 5.53 as we approach the equinox. Those two times will even themselves out to right around 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. Thanks, Derek. My pleasure, Dave. Derek Pitts, Chief Astronomer at the Franklin Institute. He joins us each week at this time on Sky Talk.